Welcome to Welcome Heart, Living a Legacy Life podcast. My name is Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of welcomeheart.com. What better legacy than to open our hearts to God and open our lives and homes to others? Jesus said, love me, love your neighbor. Sounds like a legacy life to me. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. Today we're talking about resting, retreating, and refreshment and connection. I love a good invitation, and this morning's invitation is from God himself, so we kind of want to listen up. Come to me and find rest. Jesus said that in Matthew eleven twenty eight. To find rest, we could just stay at home and get in the tub and lock the door, which is sometimes a good idea. I'm actually thinking about doing that today. But for now, let's see what God wants to remind us of. A British woman wrote this about going on a retreat. A certain husband, on learning from his wife that she planned to go on retreat for a few days, took his pipe from his mouth and readily agreed, go, my dear, go by all means. You're just about due for a spot of rebirth. You're thinking right now, well, I'm long overdue for a spot of rebirth. That is how I approached our women's retreat from Grace Church in San Luis, One year, years ago, we met down in um, Pismo Beach, I think. We just stayed at a hotel, and it was pouring rain. And I had very small children that maybe I was really excited to get away from. And I know it was one of my best retreats I've ever attended. I didn't know how much I needed it until I got there. I laughed so much. That gut-level obnoxious sort of laugh. I ate a lot of Pringles. I learned from others. I talked out loud with God in the rain all by myself. And my intimacy with God was recharged. It's good to leave our expectations at the throne of God and allow him to do what we really need. I didn't know what I really needed. I just knew I wanted to get away. And maybe that's what I really needed. God helped me to make new friends and have some deepening times with old friends, and just sit at his feet to listen to what he had to say to me. That's my prayer for you, to know God better, to love him more, to know somebody else better than you did before, and to love that person more. Jesus invited us all to rest. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I like the King James Version since it sounds like it's written for pregnant women and mothers of young children. Come all ye who labor and are heavy laden, like my neighbor years ago who was expecting triplets, and I will give you rest. Why do we need to come when Jesus invites us? Women are tired, period. We do too much often for too many people with too little money, cooperation, or sleep. I learned about the three D's to help me get a handle on this overload. I learned it from Kathy Vick. She's a wonderful life coach. You can find her at runlikeagirl.org. These are the three D's when you're feeling overloaded with your to-do list. You need to figure out to do one of three things. Do I delegate this job? Do I do things that energize me? Or do I dump something? 
not necessarily on somebody else, but you get the idea. I'll repeat it. Do I delegate this job that's on my to-do list that I just can't seem to finish? Or do I do things that energize me? I find I can do a lot more things when I do the things that I'm designed to do, the things that energize me. People think I'm a really high uh, productivity person and compared to others, I might be. But when I'm doing things that really energize me, the way that God made me to do, like bake or host or speak or write, that energizes me and I can get more things done. So think about what's on your list. Do things energize you or do they bore you? They will drag out much longer. Now, that doesn't mean to say that I never do boring things. I do. Parts of podcasting um, are boring. They're tedious things that you have to do, just the behind the scenes things. Uh, parts of growing, of uh, raising small children are boring, but that doesn't mean you stop raising them. But if your to-do list is overwhelming, you might want to think, do I, am I doing things that energize me? Or last, do I dump something? Maybe it just doesn't need to be done by you. One thing that would be fun if I had you all here in my living room would be for each of us to share stories that began with the line, I was tired. I was so tired once that I dot, dot, dot. And then we could share those stories and we could commiserate with one another. My mother had five kids and she used to say, I was so tired that I would go to bed with my ears ringing. I had no idea what that meant. I should have asked her. It's too late now. She was always very sympathetic, though, after I had children, when I would complain about how tired I was. A while back, I was so tired that when I decided to take some Advil, I turned on the bathroom faucet to get a glass full of water. And I was so tired that I placed the whole bottle of Advil under the water faucet instead of the glass. It's okay, though, because they are candy coated, and so they are now in clumps for really big headaches. It was a Costco jar. Rest is something we all need, sometimes more than other times. I remember a time I needed rest so badly, I thought I would never make it. I, would be, I had been sleeping in jungle huts for three nights on this long three-day hike with missionary training in Papua New Guinea. We were trudging up and down steep paths with packs on our backs. At times, I was literally stepping from tree to tree to break my speed going downhill. Earlier in my training, I had accidentally sliced my friend, my friend's arm with my machete as we were trying to cut down some tapioca plant to eat. We were standing too close to each other and we were really tired and really hungry. So she did get three stitches and I got the reputation. Uh, my last name was Moore and they called me Sue Machete Moore. I had a certain reputation then later on while I was on this hike and my guide, my Papua New Guinean guide took away my machete while I was sliding on the hillsides looking out for his best interest, I'm sure. At the end of the three-day trek, I remember finally almost stumbling into home base. I slipped off my pack and I made my way over to the kitchen. The women with young children had had to stay at home during our journey, and they were busy making a hot lunch to welcome us home. I walked up to them and I said, I'm home, and I burst into tears. I don't know why I burst into tears. I really 
probably you can relate. You don't always know why you burst into tears, but I burst into tears. I was exhausted and they gathered around me like sympathetic hens and they welcomed me back. I was probably in the best shape physically I've ever been in my whole life, never to be again. I needed rest and I got it at long last. Of course, after becoming a mother of young children, I realized that these moms needed the rest more than I did. Jesus said we are to come to him. That is our rest. Just, just the coming to him is our rest. I forget that aspect of Christ all too often. The more we come to him for rest, the more we understand how he himself is our rest. His very being. As a hardworking woman, this aspect of God might be one of our favorites. He is our rest. We come to him because we're tired. But there's another reason we need uh, to come to him. We come to him because we need to be each other's rest. Others are depending on us to be their rest. You've heard the expression, we need someone with skin on. Our children, our families, our friends need God, but they need God with skin on. And each of us needs to be Jesus to someone else. We need to be God's hug to one another. However, before we can do that properly, we must be experiencing God's hug for ourselves. In other words, before we can water others, we must make sure our bucket is full. Tiffany Jo Baker talks about that. She's a cute sticker. If I can remember what it said, I'll add it in the show notes. Maybe you came uh, to this podcast today with a full bucket, but maybe not. I need constant refilling, constant refilling, honestly. We could do a whole study on what causes holes in our buckets. Someone said this, ministry is spillage. When we are so full up of God ourselves, our ministry of love and exhortation and healing for others is simply the natural outcome. It just flows out. Serving others is a byproduct of seeking God and finding our rest in him. To make sure that our cup is full isn't a matter, though, of a self-centered approach of, oh, I need to get my needs met first before I can serve others. If you're a mom, you know that just doesn't happen. You're constantly serving others. You couldn't just say, I'm sorry, we're not having uh, lunch or breakfast or dinner tonight because I need to go fill my bucket. I am a proponent of having little retreats like uh, sabbaticals. I've spoken on that before. You can look those up on my podcast. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking day in and day out. We seek God simply to know him better. We allow him to woo us and endear himself to us. That takes time. And at the same time, we're still serving others. We respond to God's invitation. Remember the invitation we start off with today? To come, to get our cup full, so full, so it can spill over in ministry to others. And I don't mean ministry like preaching or teaching Bible study. I just mean serving your family or the neighbor who just had a hysterectomy, or a friend who's grieving a loss. If we are so filled up, we'll automatically spill over and reach that person with the comfort that God has given us. Paul talks about that in 2 Corinthians 1, 3. The comfort that God gives us 
we then again can give to somebody else who needs to be comforted. It's a new year and you want to connect with God on a more regular basis. I wrote about that last month and I just wanted to share it here in case you didn't catch my blog. Maybe you've tried before to connect with God. Maybe you started January 1st of this year as a resolution this year. I'm going to connect with God on a more regular basis. But here it is uh, towards the end of February. And you've made it a few days, uh, weeks, maybe even a whole month. But you want more. God has promised to meet all of our needs. But there are days you wonder where he's been. And do you even want to try and talk to someone you know that you love, but somehow you feel a stranger to. Now, how do I know about these thoughts and feelings? Because I've thought these feelings and thoughts. I've felt them and I've thought them too often. The devotional writer Oswald Chambers wrote this, the great difficulty spiritually is to concentrate on God. And it is his blessings that make it difficult. Wow, I'm going to repeat that because you may not have thought of that before. The great difficulty spiritually is to concentrate or focus on God. And it is his blessings that make it difficult. So when things are going great, we forget about God. I think that's the human condition. But does that mean I need to pray for troubles so I cry out to my creator, God, redeemer, and friend? No, do not sit down and say, Sue thinks I need to pray for troubles. You don't need to pray for them because they come. It's not biblical to pray for them. One of Jesus' promises that we like to ignore is in John 16, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. We like that part of the verse. He goes on, in the world you will have tribulation. That's a promise. But take heart, he said. I have overcome the world. The promise is we will have tribulation. You don't need to pray for troubles. It's a given, but I don't want to only relate to God well on the basis of my daily trials and tribulations, and I'm sure you don't either. Through many years, starts and stops, I have found a rhythm of sitting at Jesus' feet, and it's made all the difference in growing in my relationship with God. This is what I do now, and I find that I rarely miss, even on a cruise with the man in plaid, or on a weekend with the girls. First of all, coffee is in my hand. That's just how it works for me. Secondly, the next thing after I make coffee and after I sit down is I have a gratitude notebook. I got this idea from my friend, fellow writer and speaker, Gretchen Fleming. I write the date and the list of what God did the day before, just the day before. And I thank and praise him for those things. And I may add a few prayers for my beloveds and for my day ahead. So there you have it. You have a date and you immediately go into his presence with thanksgiving and praise. Because I start my day after coffee or with coffee in hand, thanking God for what he did just the day before. It's amazing to me how I can't even remember what I did the day before. But as I go through the day, Chronologically, I'll list, had a great workout at the gym, met up with a new neighbor across the street. I couldn't believe it. The other day I was looking to talk to this neighbor. I don't even remember her name, 
but they've painted their house and I just wanted to connect with her and tell her how beautiful we thought it was. Well, actually, Mark thinks it's too dark, but I really like it. And she's kind of a cool chick, a lot younger than me. And just this last week, she was walking her dog and I stopped her and I just told her how much I loved her house. And then we ended up chatting about 10 minutes. That was amazing to me. So the next day, that was in my gratitude list. I still have to figure out what her name is so I can actually say I talked to so-and-so. She reminded me that her son went to Westmont. So there is a Christian connection there that I need to get back to. Um, the next thing I do is I read a day's selection in my current devotional book, and I write down in another notebook how God spoke to me through that particular selection. Last year in, two, in 2021, I chose to read through the devotional book, My Utmost for His Highest. Now, it's an oldie. The one I have was given to me by my sister Linnell when I was in college because it has a date in there, 1972. So I have notes in the margins on almost every page through many, many years. I took it with me to Brazil when I lived there and to Papua New Guinea. So now it has a new cover on it. But uh, in the last maybe 10 years, I'll just pick it up. I had just pick it up, uh, picked it up sporadically. So I thought last year, I want to have my year with Oswald Chambers. So I got a new notebook uh, from Staples. They have these nice plain black notebooks that weren't very expensive, that lay flat. I like a notebook that lays flat. And I just called it my year with Oswald. And I didn't figure out that I was doing it till about the first week in February. So right now I'm catching up for the days that I missed in 2021, but I'm almost finished. Um, I've even put that uh, devotional as an app on my phone. So when I traveled this year, like when we went on that cruise, I didn't take my book because I couldn't take very many things but I could still read my phone app. So I took my notebook with me and um, so I could still record my musings and how I felt the Lord was talking to me through that devotional. I've read it since, you know, seventies before you were born, but it was a singular blessing to use it daily without other devotional books and to record how God used Oswald's words in my life. You know, he died in, he was only 43. When I read that, I read his uh, biography. It's called Abandoned to God. I was 43 when I read his biography. And I thought, wow, Lord, is this the year? Well, I'm 69. So obviously it wasn't the year. But all that he accomplished really through the work of his wife as well uh, in the first only 43 years of his life is amazing. So I know I'll be sharing my year with Oswald with you, my listeners, and those who read my blog throughout the next few years, because I wrote down lots of things where I said to myself in my notebook, I said, oh, I've got to quote this. This will be great for Instagram, or this will be great for my blog, because it's just such a wonderful quote. Next, I use my current Bible study, and I do part of a lesson in preparation for my next meetup with the women that God has grouped me with. This year, we're starting Jen Wilkins' study on becoming um, freedom, a woman of freedom, I think. And it's on Deuteronomy. And it started last week. So this week, part of my morning time will be doing that lesson. Another thing I have is a simple notepad for that day's to-dos. Now that's what I do. I'll repeat it. Coffee in hand, a gratitude notebook, a current devotional book, 
a current Bible study, and a simple notepad. The reason I do the simple notepad for that day's to-dos is because while I'm reading, I often get distracted. I'm one of those distractible people. And I'll think to myself, oh my goodness, what are we having for dinner? Or I forgot to answer Lori's text. Or I need to um, help Cecily plan a shower. And what am I going to do when I go to the store? Will I remember to pick up bread? So I have a to-do list that I just jot those things down on so I can immediately go back to my vote, uh, connecting with God time. That's what I do, but let me tell you or share with you how I make sure that it works. Two things. I sit in the same chair each time when I'm at home. There's just something about that chair and my books and my notepads and my journals and my pens are there. I have the two notebooks, a Bible, the study book, a notepad and a working pen in a basket by that chair. I may or may not turn on our gas fireplace, but I have a cozy throw at hand. Sometimes I light a candle. That's what I do, but that's how I make sure it works. I sit in the same chair and I have all the supplies at hand. Now, if you're listening in the car, you're taking a walk and you think, gosh, I wish I would write these things down. Uh, this is in my blog. So I'll set the link to that blog. Um, in the show notes so that you can just read it and decide what you're going to do. You don't have to do it the way I do. I'm just telling you how, what works for me. Now, what hinders my keeping company with God on a regular basis? Two things. Again, two things. My phone, especially if I use it to look up scripture. I did that this last week. And then all of a sudden I'm checking Instagram and Facebook and a message and a text and I'm suddenly on this rabbit trail of returning emails and texts and planning menus. The obvious solution, keep my phone in the next room. And I'm still working on that one. Also to keep a couple favorite Bible translations so I don't have to use my phone to look up the scripture. The other thing that hinders is my brain. Even while reading God's word, I suddenly may think about something that I need to do that very day, as I mentioned before. Or I'll think about all sorts of troubles that I don't um, need that they will come crashing down on my head or my husband's head or the world's head. You get the idea. I'm dramatic. I know, but this, I know I forget things. It may be my age or my flightiness or my very full life of fun and work. I do have a very fun, full life of fun and work. I don't know what retirement means. It doesn't really matter why this is. What matters is keeping company with my Lord Jesus in a semi uninterrupted state is important to me. The only interruptions I want is from the Holy Spirit. I want these interruptions. Interruptions like, hold on, Sue, you are judging your friend. That is my job, not yours. Yours is to intercede. Or, so now, Sue, you are telling me how to answer your prayers while pretending to trust me. Is that it? Or, I forgave you, remember? Get over that shame. I died for that shame. I need all those interruptions and more. I don't want my rabbiting ruminations, however, no matter how essential to the world not falling on its head. So this is what I do and it works a treat. As I mentioned, I keep a simple list pad nearby. So when thoughts interrupt my prayers and focus thoughts such as answer um, Joni's text, find out how her son is doing, check the deep freeze for hamburger, follow up with Jessica about leading a study or write your blog, 
When these thoughts deluge my mind like a ticker tape parade, I pick up my simple list pad and I jot them down. And I promptly return to what matters most, what I really, really want, which is connecting with God, deepening my relationship with my father. Try it. See if that works for you. So what do you need to do today to make your time with God more than what it is right now, more consistent, more than what you have? Do you need to choose a time? Do you need to pick a chair? Do you need to gather essentials like notebooks, list pads, or a pen that works? What will you do today to begin anew? I'd love to know. List in comments. I'm sure it will encourage others, including me. As the redheaded sort of theologian Anne of Green Gables said, today is a new day, fresh with no mistakes in it yet. Someone else said that too, a melancholy prophet who wrote in Lamentations 3.22, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. These words are all the more meaningful coming in the midst of a lament, don't you think? I have a free gift for you and I'll put the link in show notes so that you can access easily. It is a short printable. Really, it's short. It's four pages, but two of the pages you can just read. You don't actually have to run them off, though you could because there are scripture verses and tips. But the other two pages are uh, pages that you can print off and use in your quiet time. One is laying down our burdens and one is lifting up our thanksgivings because we need to do both. That's what Jesus meant when he said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Jesus invites us to come give him our burdens. So there's a list for that. And he wants us to thank him for all he's done. So there's a list for those too. We began today's podcast talking about rest and retreat. I do love women's retreats because I get more time to get acquainted with the ladies who come more so than, you know, when I go and speak for one event. Now I know that the pandemic has put a kibosh on many women's events but some are beginning to plan and organize. In fact, I get to speak in San Diego in March and in Idlewild in April. If you're part of a church that does women's retreats or half-day conferences, or you would like it if they did, maybe God is calling you to be in charge or don't get afraid, or at least round up the worker bees. Maybe you're a good rounder-upper. Or if you know of someone in, or of some church, not even in your own town or even in your own state, who might need a retreat speaker, can I ask you to do something for me? Would you send them my information? I'd really appreciate it. I'd love it if you would. Word of mouth and recommendation is the best way to spread good news. In fact, I got an email this week from the retreat leader from Oregon. I spoke for the retreat last Oregon, uh, last, excuse me, October, and we had such a great time. And so she wrote to me uh, this week and she said, hey, Sue, we're doing a retreat again next October. Do you have some recommendations for retreat speakers? That's a big job. It's a big job if you've ever been in charge of an event where you have to get the speaker because you feel so responsible. So I just sent off uh, a couple names to her, people that I knew of that she could trust. So that's what I'm asking you to do. If you could send my name and my link, I'll link my 15 topics in my eight retreat series as found. They're found at uh, welcomeheart.com. You can look up in the menu. 
and I'll place the link in show notes so it's easy for you to forward. Really, my friend, college friend, I haven't seen him in years. Terry Catron did that for his church in the fall, and off I went to speak in Pleasanton, California, just because of a good word in the right season. So let me know if you have any questions, and you can email me at sue at welcomeheart.com. I hope that you felt refreshed today listening to this. And if you feel like you really need to rest and get in that hot tub with bubbles and lock the door, do that. But most of all, I hope you've been encouraged to connect with God and also with one another. God bless and have a wonderful day. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.